Hi, welcome to your story with Indigo Grace. And that's me. <laughs> hey, Indigo. <laughs> Last week, I forgot to finish the show correctly. This week, I forgot to start it correctly. <laughs> so that means next week we'll get it right. <laughs> Maybe. I, I will say it's been an interesting week. How have you been? Um, I've I've been up and down like most people. Um, I've actually just got something in my eye, so I'm sorry. I'm blinking and weeping on my eye. Um, That's okay. The tears have started. <laughs> yeah, no, not tears. Yep. So I'm just getting some playback there. So, okay. Uh, how have I been? Well, self-isolating. Uh, I... Funnily enough, self-isolating isn't a whole lot different for me because I'm an empty nester, I'm currently single and I work from home. <laughs> so being at home on my own is uh, really normal and I do a lot of my work online anyway. So even though I have an exquisite healing room uh, for clients that are either well, now self-isolating, but, you know, overseas or uh, in different parts of Australia or even just different parts of Perth and they're quite happy to have an online session. So, hello, hello. Hello, can you, uh, you're, you're, There's you a whole lot of feedback coming okay, through. Okay, bear with me. Let me see if I can change <laughs> something here. Uh, there shouldn't be feedback. Uh, that's okay. I keep hearing... We I keep hearing the beginning of the program. Are you live streaming this? I don't know. Are you know got your Facebook open? I've got Facebook open. Yep, that could be why. Oh, so close that? Yeah, just so just just that? mute the audio on, on Facebook. Sorry, I don't know what's happening. That's okay, that's okay. So, um, look, it's been a, a very interesting – just close Facebook. That's the best way to do it. Just close the Facebook. Close Facebook? Close Facebook. Uh, I'll, I'll okay. comment. I'll, I'll let you know if anyone's uh, giving you comments. Okay, great. Okay. So I can't hear myself in playback now. I can't That's hear good. Re, 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 I can't hear the repeat of you introducing the show. So <laughs> I think we're good. Oh, oh, that's hilarious. Self-isolating, um, uh, my normal kind of lifestyle really, which kind of suits me. Um, I've got my two dogs. I've got a cat. <laughs> you might hear the dogs if anything happens outside, like, you know, people driving by or trucks or whatever. The One of them likes to bark. She's my little, my little um, uh, warning signal. Yeah. So, uh, as I said, I've been good up and down. Uh, I've had some healing for myself, which has been pretty fantastic. Always an ongoing uh, thing, clearing things out and raising the vibration. Yeah. How have you been? <laughs> I've been really, really good. I, look, it's, it's, it's one of those things where uh, we just continue doing shows and, and everything. So my my... I guess, like, yeah, I, I everyone's scared of the coronavirus. That's that's in the news yeah. still. I wish it would go away, um, but <laughs> it will eventually. <laughs> it will eventually. But I think, like, for me, it's just more like I come to work every day. I I'm enjoying my work again. Um, there was a time where I wasn't enjoying work. Can you believe it? You weren't enjoying it. No, I was not enjoying work. Yeah. And well, it was just it like to all of us. Yeah, I think that that maybe it's just a male thing, but it's like my motivation was gone for a little while, and then and I think that's just a male thing at all. <laughs> and then this 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 outbreak happened or pandemic happened, and then it's kind of just revitalized me from the point of view as now I'm having to think outside the box instead right. of doing the same task over and over and over again. But yeah. um. Look, it's I'm fine. I we got heaps and heaps of uh, people chatting to you last week about your story. We should yeah. just give them a, a quick recap of where we were up to. Okay, sure. So I started off. Hmm, I actually don't even remember where I started off, but what what was covered 
was uh, a discussion of, about self-esteem and where um, where things went wrong. I talked about um, some experiences that I'd had, some trauma that I had, including the topic of rape, uh, and that got a bit sort of heavy there for a while. And we were really talking about um, recovery and what I've done to get to the point that I am now. So coming out of, you know, trauma, abuse, domestic violence, um, depression, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Heavy stuff. It is heavy stuff, but it's important stuff to cover because I I really want to focus today's show on your, because we left it on the rape uh, topic and while, yes, I know we could most probably keep talking about that, I think it's really important to show people growth and, and show people how you move forward. Um, we did touch, We did touch on a very basically, or very basic in not a basic term, but uh, we, we chatted on how you overcame the mental uh, struggles and, and not feeling like a victim and yeah. feeling you, you used something really interesting. I can't exactly remember the, the um, words, but. Oh, okay. It was like you're not a victim. You're ah uh, a survivor. But yeah. I, I um, did I use the the triangle? Did I do the you victim? Did indeed, absolutely. You rescuer. Said, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's a really about. powerful, really powerful tool for anyone to use to identify what state that they're in. And we were talking a bit about um, the two types of victims. So the one that has the, uh, that we can both be in, we can be in both, sorry. Um, so one has the the real pity party kind of thing, uh, which is okay to go into, but really important to come out of. And then the other victim style is where we just feel that the world's against us. And, uh, and, and we can have that as a negative belief and not actually realize it some you know we can there's some people that are really overtly oh you know everything's always wrong and no matter what i do nothing works and that kind of thing uh but we can also have a subconscious um victim mentality or energy where that's what we attract because if we feel that and we don't trust and believe and have faith in the world or the universe, or whatever your framework is, then we don't uh, send that positive vibration out, and we actually attract the negative. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's, it's really interesting that you say that because just we we're doing uh, well now with Angie, and for some reason in my head, I just felt like things weren't working. Like it wasn't like the show was great, but it was like just something didn't feel right in my body. Right. And it was like. It was like, you know how you just touched on it there. Self-worth is a huge thing. Feeling it's like, huge. And, and feeling like you're not a victim. And, and it's like, for some reason, some subconscious mind, it wasn't my conscious mind. I think it was more my subconscious mind was like, uh, things like, it, it, there was nothing going wrong. Like absolutely mm. nothing going wrong. And yet for some reason, my, my mind said to me, something is going wrong. And I'm like, going, right. hang on, everything is going fine. Like, We've got live broadcast, everything's going, it's fine. So my question is, how do you get out of your mental mm-hmm. state? If, you're, if, you're, if your brain is, is wired or, or chemically uh, made to feel like you're, you're the victim or the, the everything is bad for you um, mm-hmm. and, and some days you feel like, oh, just give up, how do you mm-hmm. get out of that? Because that's, that's, I think that's a really, really important uh, tool for people to get to and I'm sure there's many ways to do it but can you give us an example so the way I do things is a combination of psychotherapy and energy healing and I use the modality of shamanism with my energy healing um, I also do use Reiki but I prefer to to go with the shamanic healing I find that uh, suits me better um, what's important is to get things clear in the mind. 
but there's also the, the importance there to reach the unconscious and counseling alone or psychotherapy doesn't always touch on things that are hidden uh and this is where a bit of belief around past lives and you know different things comes into play uh and it wasn't until I started doing the shamanic healing, actually doing the training where we worked on ourselves and each other as a group, that things really started to shift big time for me. And uh, the healing work that I just, I had a healing session yesterday and it was on something that I knew existed, but it had taken its time to really come to the surface and be ready to be shifted, like I was ready for it to shift because a lot of this stuff serves us in a negative way that feels that it's a positive. So, uh, for example, the negative ego, you know, we can use uh, uh, arrogance and, um, you know, anything to do with the negative ego to bolster ourselves up but being able to look at that and admit it and see it and actually own it, whatever it is that we're doing, uh, takes a huge amount of courage and self-reflection. And then that question is, how do I shift that? So talking about it, talking therapy as in counselling is really important, uh, but so is going into the energy of it because when we only talk about something from our head, even if we're feeling emotion and we get upset or angry or disappointed or shame or guilt or whatever we're feeling, <clears throat> that's really great awareness, uh, but it's not always enough for us to actually let go of really ingrained habits of uh, using particular types of behaviour as a coping mechanism to avoid feeling something else which we can categorise as either fear or pain. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I've done. And I've been doing that for years and it's been amazing, amazing what what's shifted for me. My life's changed. Um, I've changed. Yeah. And I guess this is the biggest thing. Every, every journey is different and there is no right or wrong way to go about no. things. But I guess my what I I would be really interested to learn from from your perspective is you've spoken about the triangle quite a lot here. Where do you feel you sit today in that triangle? Right here, right now. I don't feel that that triangle is applicable. Uh, I suppose if I had to pick one, I would be in rescuer because I'm taking responsibility. But you see that that triangle is like the negative triangle. Whereas if you look at from a positive uh, perspective, so for the victim, for example, it might be empowered. Uh, the perpetrator would be uh, loving and the rescuer would be healthy boundaries. Oops, sorry, I just bumped my table. So I feel like I'm in that positive triangle today. So the biggest thing there is because we, we only spoke about one triangle, there is another triangle, uh, the positive triangle, as you want to call it. Uh, mm. And and I think that what that do the two overlap at some point or or how does that how do you move from one triangle to the next triangle or or whatever you want to call it? Well, pretty much if you want to transform out of that triangle as much as possible, you know, we all want to be happy and healthy all the time, right? Probably not possible given the human condition. So doing as much self-personal growth and healing, uh, whether that's through, as I said, counselling, through energy healing or other modalities that work for you, helps take us out of the negative and into the positive. So we and can and I'm in yes. there more. Mm. Yeah, and I, I guess that that's the thing. Like, this is something for for everyone uh, to to really take on board and just go, okay, well, my life ha may be not the best life it could be, but then again, it's the life you've got. So, mm -hmm. what what 
for people who are listening who mm-hmm. are going through a tough time right now, what do we have like some tools or or like even some tips that maybe uh they they can do like meditation is a good tip it, it's great absolutely but, but what if you don't know meditation what if you don't actually know how mm-hmm. to calm your mind down okay. what other uh tools can they use well first of all meditation there's a ton of meditative um apps and meditation apps and um bits and pieces on the internet uh you can google it and that, that you'll get free youtube guided meditations or meditation music so it doesn't have to be uh someone that's telling you how to you know find your happy place it can just be that you lay down and breathe with this uh beautiful music so breath is really important calming and slowing the breath and uh going into meditation if if that's something that you want to do um talking with a friend or or a, a professional uh, where you feel that you can be completely honest and be heard and not be told what to do and what you should and shouldn't feel, that's really important. So sometimes talking to a friend isn't quite enough uh, or it's not quite the right type of dynamic um, because it's very, very important for our inner world to have a voice. And uh, I actually do a lot of inner child healing where we um, find the the child within that experienced trauma or um, just feel you know feelings negative feelings uh, for whatever reason and we go back into connecting with that child and part of that process is giving that child a voice and allowing their feelings to be expressed, whether it's anger or tears, whatever it is, and saying what they needed to say that they couldn't say back then as a child. Uh, obviously, as, as kids, we we have to do as they're told. Uh, we've got to follow the rules. We don't have a lot of awareness, although we have our uh, intuition and our wisdom, but Adults don't necessarily respect that in us and don't listen to us and certainly don't always empower us to uh, or even acknowledge that we do know what we feel and what we need, um, depending on, you know, what that that adult has got going on with their ego. Um, So it's really important that we give this inner child the opportunity to be heard, to be seen, to be understood and to be validated. And that alone in a child healing is incredibly powerful. And uh, a good majority of the work that I do is working with the inner child. And that what I've just explained is is sort of at the heart of the um, process, but it's not all of it. It, it, There's a lot of steps that we have to go through in order for that child to finally feel rescued so the inner child usually is in the victim stage, yeah, but it can also the anger or the sadness or whatever can turn into the perpetrator. So this is where our inner, our past and our inner world uh, comes out, and we do it to other people, and then the victim feeling is that I want to be rescued, and as a child. We do need to be rescued. We need someone to advocate for us. We need a parent or an adult to come in and say, hey, that's not okay to to whoever's doing whatever they're doing or I hear you, I see you, I love you, you're safe, your environment is secure, all of those sorts of things. And so many of us don't get that. And even in a happy childhood, as I said last week, you know, I had a really in the whole scheme of things, in comparison to all the things that can happen in in life, my family life was really great. Yes, there were issues. Yes, there were some things that happened uh, that really did affect me. But if I'm just looking at across, you know, we had a we had enough money. We I call us the two car family back in my day. I was born in the sixties. Uh, to have two cars was a big deal. You know, I had dancing that was. I danced from the age of three. That was expensive and 
time-consuming for my mum. It meant, and my sister did it as well, and my brother did footy. And so we had Christmases and birthdays and families and gatherings, and, 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 and we didn't want for anything. Um, we weren't rich, but we were really comfortable, and we had a great time. However, there are parts and elements of myself as that child and growing up that didn't get what she needed. And I've had to, yeah, work, work through those things. In addition to that, there's the past life stuff, there's the soul contract stuff. As, again, as said before, it depends on what your belief is, but there is something bigger than us. We talk about God, for example. Uh, God for me is just a word that, or a label for what I refer to as either source or spirit. Uh, but essentially I use the words life force energy. It's the creation energy. It's whatever happened that made everything, that created everything. And that has a living pulse. It is, it's a vibration. And being able to tune into that vibration and go back into uh, whether it's past life or um, soul journey, why am I here? There's a, there's a bigger picture here and we know that there's something more going on. So it's important uh, to at least be open to explore that and see what comes from that. And that's what psychic reading, well, in my case, uh, psychic reading is about where someone is able to tune into that vibration that is your soul journey and give you information about that. And when I do readings... I actually, I'm not talking about the future and when will I get married and have children kind of questions and answers, although I can sometimes get that kind of information and I can see pathways for people. I can see um, what's possible. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen, uh, but essentially what I do is I tune into the soul journey and why you're here and it makes sense of the experiences that we've had and the the family that we've um, agreed to come in with. So the two parents that conceived us or however we were conceived, all of that's part of our soul's journey and the experiences that we have, the, the negative ones and the positive, but we're talking about healing here. So the negative experiences are actually designed as our learning. There are, they are our lessons. And the beautiful thing is that when we overcome those lessons and get like really, truly get that, oh, aha, got it, um, realisation, those experiences turn, they transform into being our gifts because, uh, you know, the, the expression lived experience, when we have lived something, we know it so well that we can actually relate to someone, we can empathise and have compassion uh, I mean, it's anyone can have compassion for another person, but when you've lived and walked in someone's shoes in a very similar way or exactly the same way, there's you just can't buy that, right? And so being able to then be that peer that's recovered, and, and this is why uh, in, in recovery um, modality, uh, so people that work with either addictions or um, oh, abuse, anything like that, um, but especially with addictions, it's the people that have walked before you that become the greatest asset because they understand 100% what you're going through, particularly something for example, like domestic violence and why women stay, or men, I'm going to talk about women, uh, that, that a lot of people find that really un, you know, hard to understand. And to be honest, I did, uh, before I did my counselling degree, I, I was like, oh, I wouldn't stay if I was being hit. But what I didn't understand then was that domestic violence doesn't only mean being physically abused and so guess what I was in a domestic violence relationship without the, the 
physical abuse and I stayed, but I stayed, I mean, I'm out now, but I stayed for, uh, like I said last week, very specific reasons. And so if you were to go and speak to someone who doesn't have that understanding, I mean, we can have it as our knowledge and as our training, but to really connect with someone who's been there and walked in your shoes before you, that's the gold. And so this becomes your gift. So our wounding is actually our blessing. It is really, really, it is, it's really, really interesting uh, what you're saying. And I didn't want to interrupt you because you were, you were just on such a good flow. On a roll. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> my, 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 no, it was really, really good. Um, my question, I guess, is when was it that we, we last week we, we spoke about, we left in a, in a place of basically you were just getting out of your, your relationship and, and moving on. Um, how right. what what steps did you take or what 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 like it, it the change didn't happen overnight the change was definitely a six month 12 month maybe a longer oh, period decade decade long so yeah. what what was after let's let's talk about after you left your relationship you got into your own house i take it you went on the streets at any point right so i i remained in our home our family home with the children my two daughters um, <clears throat> our situation was that um, there was a business opportunity up north. Well, first of all, I reached that point that we talked about last week about when, what was it that made me finally say enough's enough. So I reached that point where I, I just couldn't bear um, allowing allowing this to affect the children any longer. So I think I said, you know, I was prepared to do it for them first, not for me. I, you know, I got out. I didn't get out because of me. I got out because of them, because of my kids. Um, so anyway, I had a conversation standing right over there in the kitchen where I said, "This we can't do this. I think we need to separate. These were my exact words. I think we need to separate um, the children really suffering. We can't keep going on like this. And his response was, well, actually, and this is a very telling response as well, he didn't say um, anything about trying to repair the marriage. What he said was, well, I've actually been offered a job up north. And so that's what happened. And what that did, uh, it, it actually meant obviously he was out of the house uh, but that was the moment that we could have, should have, would have had counselling, marriage counselling, all of that stuff. But what I know in hindsight is that it wouldn't have happened anyway. That was not going to happen anyway. So the way that this played out is the way it was going to be no matter what, even if he didn't have a, a job up north. And so then what happened was... Um, uh, we ended up investing in that business and all sorts of things happened up there and he was home less and less. And then it, when he did come back, uh, it was just so awful. Finally, I had the courage to say, when you come home back to Perth, you need to stay elsewhere. And so that started happening. But what that did was it became worse because we weren't getting any help. I was getting help, but he wasn't. Um, and so there was a lack of understanding um, uh, on that side about what was going on and what needed to be done uh, in order to right the ship. Um, so it progressively just got worse and worse and worse. And <sighs> we're... Just there's so much. I don't want to go on and on about the intricacies. I, I, I just want to I just want to uh, interrupt you there for just a second yeah, because sure. you you said that there was a moment where the ship most probably could have been righted, uh, and and it most probably would have taken both. Well, it, it absolutely yeah. would have taken both yeah. uh, parties. What I know think? now, it wouldn't have righted because because we're dealing with a narcissistic person. So it wouldn't but, have righted. 
I, and I, I'm not saying that it could have. What, what I'm, what I'm wanting to to ask you the question of for other people who are, you know, in a yeah. similar relationship, yeah. is there a time that they can be okay? I acknowledge this. Uh, you have to the other person also has to acknowledge this, and yes. then is there a time where they could potentially get help instead of yes. like your case where it was a split? Um, if people do want to stay together, because they yes. sometimes, and uh, even knowing I understand the narcissistic ten- tendencies, but yeah, I'm it, sure that's sort of a whole other. It's, it's a whole other thing having having a, a narcissistic um, influence. It changes the 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 outcome dramatically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But in a normal situation, <laughs> um, it does take both parties to be willing to. Um, get help because it, it's it's a 50-50. You're both in it. You're both responsible 50-50 for the health of the marriage or the relationship and it does take both people going and getting some help. Now, it might mean that, you know, maybe one person is actually being a real shit and the other person is trying to cope with that. It still takes that person who's trying to cope with that getting help cope with that and of course no one's perfect there is going to be stuff that that person needs to look at anyway but if the the presenting issue is that this person um, has got anger issues let's say and makes home life really unpleasant and maybe um, keeps losing jobs because of the anger issues let's just say that as an example and this person is trying to cope with all of that that person needs help with that and they probably need some empowerment. They probably need some tools and some guidance, uh, some some boundaries, you know, all, all that sort of stuff uh, and, and how to manage this, this situation. And that's what I needed. I needed to understand <clears throat> who I was dealing with and what I was dealing with um, and understand what was possible and what wasn't possible specifically um, to do with the narcissism. Uh, And as we now know, um, no contact is actually the only way to deal with it. Uh, But that took me years to um, achieve because we were were still married and we were still, you know, financially connected. And uh, that process actually of, disconnecting uh, was really hard and gruelling and it was almost, well, not almost, it was worse. It was worse than what I went through with the marriage. Um, And a lot of people find that once they do decide to split that it actually gets uglier. I guess the the biggest thing that that you're you're talking about there is is, is moving forward um what for people who are at that end where uh, there is no way to save the marriage and uh a narcissistic person in my mind at least would want to hold on to the marriage because that's a form of control um mm. is there how do you convince someone who who likes control or is a narcissistic uh, person to let go of that control and to actually let that person free um, well, for me, uh, it didn't take any convincing. Um, you know, power and control, as you said, is a really big part of it. And because I was becoming stronger and not playing along and being the good, the good girl or the good wife, um, I wasn't allowing things to happen anymore. I was creating more and more boundary. You know, you can't, you can't come back to the house now. You have to stay elsewhere. Um, you know, I, I wasn't having much contact, um, picking the kids up, you know, at the end of the driveway rather than right up at the front door because uh, the energy and the aggression and you know, all, all the stuff that was going on, it wasn't healthy for me and I actually felt unsafe um, and I felt really vulnerable really, really, really vulnerable. And so I had to keep putting in these boundaries. So because I wasn't playing along, you hear the uh, kookaburras, 
They're gorgeous. That's Australia. I just want to just, I know you just said because I wasn't playing long, but I just want to uh, just jump in right there because it sounds like there was a game happening um, and and this game is, it's it's kind of like you follow my rules and, and I win. Uh, yeah, and you, you decided, absolutely. and you've decided to quit this game yeah. and basically fold your cards and let, let yeah. us go. I know I'm, I'm going away. Um, it, it reminds me very much of a child where, where you're playing a game and you're not winning. So you chuck it all in and you go, ah! yeah. but, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's how I, I'm looking at your facial expressions right now. How do you mm-hmm. feel right now sh- sharing your story? Empowered. Yeah, and and um, what what uh, like? Look, I'm I'm just mesmerized by the story. I'm I'm trying to think. Ah. It's, not very, it's not very often people get me speechless, but you have a really to get me speechless. Yeah. <laughs> oh, darling! <laughs> and it's, and it's I have this like, effect on men. <laughs> <laughs> it's because oh, I I, like like for me, it's like it. We we all come from a background of. Or something, and and like I've been candid, candid with you uh, of my relationship. I've said yes. some horrible things to my partner. My partner said some horrible things to me. Um, and and for the last what we've been together for eleven years, and for the last ten years, well, take a year off. Ten years prior to that, a lot of it was like, oh, you can leave if you want. Like I would literally say right. to him, go. Oh, you don't need to yeah. be with me. And that's the test. That's the test, and that's the game. And and it's really interesting because like would I want him to go? No. Would I no. And, and and vice versa? And like yeah. it's it's one of the things where the last year um has been really eye-opening for me. And I, I think like you I, I, I we actually haven't spoken about whether you've have ever done uh, any substance abuse. I don't think you would have. No, I haven't. So I can only t- comment I didn't inhale. <laughs> let's leave I, it at that okay um but i guess like for me like i've done the substance abuse and we've done the substance abuse and it it was like i was already kicked down i was already down i just mm. wanted everyone to just leave me because and part part of that was going back to what you said earlier your childhood and the child inside you it was like well no one stuck around when i was a child so why would anyone bother sticking around now and what I was going to say when you said about, um, you know, go on, leave me, is exactly to do with what you just said, and that is I'll push them away before they push me away. Yeah. And and sometimes... Like protect like, yourself. Yeah. And, and, and it's really... It, I, I think there's a lot of people listening and watching this who are feeling the same thing or going through the same thing. For me, it was just a wake up like I'd had to write a letter to myself and I think we Mm -hmm. all do this at some stage whether it's actually physically writing a letter or physically just talking Mm -hmm. to yourself whatever you do it was just acknowledging the fact that hang on that was one of the tools actually writing yes when you're talking about coping yeah and then well I guess when you can acknowledge everything that's happened and then move forward it's it's for me it almost felt like I was switching the on switch like something in my brain was off and I had yeah. to switch the on switch yeah and that on switch is about self-worth self-love self-care self nurturing self belonging yeah actually giving yourself validation and worth giving yourself the time of day it's a really beautiful thing it absolutely is and i guess like what what i I guess what i want to talk about a little bit is you self-validating yourself and and your self-worth as well because you've you've got the power to to tell your Mm -hmm. former husband to basically move out of the house uh you've got the house you you you've just told us that you for access visits, you would drive to the driveway and the kid or to the end of the driveway, then the kids would jump into the car. Um what was that that 
like for the children though? Because did that <laughs> do they feel <sighs> like like my mum's not coming to get me or my mum's doesn't want to see my dad? Like that, that there's another dynamic in here which isn't just yourself and your your former partner. It's it's that the children it's as well. It's the kids, yeah. So I don't want to um, betray my children's privacy, but I'll, I can speak to it a little bit. And it was hard. It was really hard. It was really awful. Um, they understood because they'd been living it. So it wasn't a massive leap for them to realise why this had to be. And they weren't little, little. You know, they were 10 and 14. So they'd been living this for 10 and 14 years and they were over it as well and they were happy, happy, not happy, you know, the best of a bad, a bad situation for there to be peace. And if that meant that they had to walk down to the end of the driveway uh, to get into Dad's car and to walk to the end of the driveway to get back into my car at, at his place, then so be it, or he would drop them off and they would, you know, come up the driveway. Um, it, it, it changed, it varied depending on where he was living. But, um, yeah, it's a sad thing, it's a disappointing thing, but by that stage they, they were in the same boat as me. They wanted peace. They wanted it to finish and for there to be happiness. And, of course, to this day they would love that they had their parents together and it breaks my heart that um, that that didn't happen. You know, I, I, just, I, I just I just want to jump can't in. Believe it. I, I want to jump in because I think that a lot of kids and maybe there's a teenager watching this now uh, who's going through their parents are splitting up and without talking about your kids too much, but that, yeah. let's say kids watching or this teenagers watching or mum and dad are watching and they go, oh, this is affecting my kid and my kid feels like it's their fault. How do you uh, reinforce into a kid's mind that this is not their fault? This is just yeah. because two people fell out of love. Yeah, exactly. You say that, you talk to them, you keep the line of communication open. And if you're in a situation where you, you, your child, especially a teenager uh, or, or, or a young child that's not able to express themselves particularly well, you keep that line of communication open however you can, whether it's writing them little notes. I used to put notes in their lunch boxes, you know, love notes and that sort of thing, um, just to try and give them a sense of safety and security and consistency. Uh, but as far as... Uh, you know, having the conversation with that with the kids, absolutely sit them down. If you if you're able to do that as a couple, uh, you know, some people have a, a fairly okay breakup, and they're able to be um, mature and respectful with each other, um, you know, around the kids. Sit them down and have that conversation, and just say that it's got nothing to do with them we love you you know all of those wonderful things and it doesn't change how we feel about you that each of you and that this is something between mum and dad that that we just haven't been able to sort out and um it's a really sad thing and it's going to mean uh lots of change and it's going to be hard but we are going to try and make it as seamless as possible as as um, painless as possible but please know that you can come to either of us and talk about how you're feeling um, now that's in an ideal situation that's not going to happen for everyone and probably the minority really um, that the kids are going to feel that they can talk to both parents or be completely honest with their feelings and be heard you know it's it really is ideal but hey let's strive for ideal huh yeah, it's 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 situation. It's really really important that we we try to uh, strive for ideal. But the yeah. look, I, I guess for for me, I I didn't really have a home as we talked about in another episode, yeah. and I, I I just a brainwave just came to me, uh, mm -hmm. which maybe we should definitely do an episode where we focus on how to, to talk adult topics to children. Um, Absolutely. Because there are there are so many uh, things that 
that I'm just thinking, like when you were saying sit down with your kids and tell them that you love them. If you're a foster mother watching this right now or listening to the podcast, if, you're, if your foster kid is showing signs of disobedience or showing signs of being a rebel um, and not really showing you respect, I would definitely say bring them into a lounge room setting, sit down yes. with them and say the same things that we just said there yes. is say that they loved, say that. And and love is something that, that well, yes, it's a four-letter word and, yes, there's emotion behind it as well. Mm-hmm. I think just any kid in that's a teenager or younger just wants to hear that word. Like I know that that sounds strange to a lot of people just saying the word, but mm. I can also tell you as a kid in foster care, never feeling like I belonged, the only thing I wanted mm. was to feel like I belonged. Feel so, like you belong. Mm. So I think like this this is this part of this chat that we're having right now is a really important chat to have with your kid, whether it's your biological Absolutely. kid, whether it's your yep. adopted kid, whether it's a foster kid. I think you just need to grab them. <laughs> Sometimes yep. shake them. Don't shake a baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't shake anyone. <laughs> but, but just say to them, look, we love you. We're here for you. And no matter what the outcome of a relationship is, be it a divorced couple or be it a foster home, that the kids can build trust and build love with you and I guess the biggest question I have, going back to our divorce topic for a second, um, mm-hmm. games. Like we talk, we, mm-hmm. we, this whole thing has been about games, and I, I just see another game coming along because you have a divorced parent now, two parents, and the kid's going to be trying to say, "Oh, dad lets me do this, mom, you should let me yeah. do that." Like, I, I don't, and with, without disp- dis- disclosing personal details, I. What's what's some tips there? Because I think like you've just come out of one game, which is dealing with a narcissistic husband, and then maybe there's another game, which is now your kids trying to play mm-hmm. favorites. Well, actually, um, it was going further into the game by breaking up. Uh, just yeah, as an aside, wow. there was going further and further into the game, and and narcissists use kids as pawns. I mean. Heaps of people do that. You don't have to be nice to do that. But, um, you know, they do it without any remorse um, and think that it's absolutely justifiable. So uh, for me it was more about um, managing him and trying to manipulate me through the kids than the kids trying to manipulate me. (laughs) Um, And I, I was in the position where they, you know, they were with me 100% of the time. Um, mainly because he was away and then uh, he didn't have anywhere for them to stay. But once he moved back to Perth, found a online bride from a uh, Eastern Bloc country, took a while for her to get here, married her over there. It took a year, I think, for her to get here, Um, very young, didn't speak English. Um, that's when game changed again because um, he then wanted to have him with him on the premise that, you know, he'd missed out on them. But I, uh, I know that that was a manipulation um, also, uh, particularly around finances. Anyway, um, she ended up writing on the wall and left. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 so so look, I I know that this must be hard to talk about and and being so open and, and I want to thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, I'm trying open. to I'm trying to yeah I I I want to protect you know my kids as well. Oh, um, and and that's that's totally understandable. I and I think like this is this is one of those things where um where where you it's it's really really hard as, as a as look i i don't have kids i've only got my fur babies but mm-hmm. i i totally get the f- fact that you want to protect your kids and yeah. protect, just like i would and, and it's, it's it's their privacy you know because um they don't necessarily need to have their life smeared all over no and mm-hmm. and, and what what i what i really want to focus on just just because the game did continue 
where he got his Hardcore. wife or, or or the girl that he married. Um, did the tables turn though? Because if she didn't speak English or if if um, because to me, uh, you you have to be able to understand someone to let the game uh, start. So if she can't understand English. How does this game start with her, or how is she a pawn in this game? Because to me, it's to me, I can see the side of oh, he's moving on, which means he's letting go of you. But then I can also see another side where you're where he could be potentially trying to make you jealous. Well, things got even worse. It was like levels; it up leveled again. And I I knew this uh, by this stage. I you know um, graduated with my degree, and I was training or trained in my shamanic healing you know this these are years right had passed and um so what it meant was that when he was uh he had a, a new supply as it's called so an energy supply a focus um uh something feeding his ego um then they discard uh, the used batteries and I was discarded big time and so then because he was having the kids there and he had the, his new supply I was treated even worse and uh, there was a lot of uh, manipulation around things being said and done um, to at with the kids um, that was really confusing for them and he would also take uh situations that maybe they spoke about um, if there'd been an argument or a fight or something here because of normal teenage stuff um, and turn it around and use it against me and, and say awful things about me as a parent. And even though I'd raised these girls myself um, and they're amazing, they're amazing young women, uh, just quietly pat on the back, you know, uh, and my hat off to them as well because they've managed themselves through this also. Um, so it just became harder and harder and more and more cruel uh, what was being done to me. Um, and I had to really self-care through this. I had to get lots and lots of support. Um, I had to understand the, um, the personality type um, and, and basically be able to expect what was going to happen next. Um, yeah, does that answer your question? Oh, so the key it does, it, it, it does. Um, because mm. I, it also goes back to my question before, which was the games were playing between mm. you, the, the, the games of a uh, uh, one parent versus the other parent trying to mm. trying to say mm. who this person, uh, parent B is worse than parent A because they mm. didn't let teenage one do this. Um, and and I have to put it in that context because um, I know for people listening, it might have sounded very confusing. I'll put it in simpler context just so people can understand. Dad tells kids, oh, you're getting in trouble. Oh, don't worry about that at my house because you can do whatever you want and spoil mm. them and, and mm. be be the the generous dad to them. Yeah, the good, time, the, the good time dad or some people call it the Disney dad. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that that that's that that there is a very I I get it I I in a sense I understand why people do do that because they want their kid to feel like they're loved in their own mind. However, they don't realize that it's actually more damaging to a child's mind because now they're confused about yeah. who loved them more. Um, well, this is this is what happens when. The parents and this, you know, the the mums can do this too. It's not just the guy. Um, I just wanted to give an example. Yeah, um, but the oh, can you say that again now? Sorry, it just flew out of my head. Sorry, I just wanted to give an example of basically one parent uh, mm. playing the other parent, the child, like a pawn, as you said. Um, yeah. There, you, you will get. Let's use the example again: a dad saying to a child. Oh yeah, you can eat chocolate in your room, for example. Yeah, yeah. Where your mum won't let you do that, and so that, that yeah, the different the, rules and yeah, it confuses yeah. the kid because the kid yeah. who just wants to do whatever he or she wants just yeah. wants to eat chocolate in their room. They don't care yeah. whether mum lets them or dad lets them. They just want to um, do that. 
I didn't really have that situation uh, because of our unique circumstances with the sure. personality. Um, so they actually found it harder being there because the power and control thing was really, really uh, overwhelming and there was a lot of upset and it didn't take long for them to, to stop going. Um, I, I, but yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, but, yes, for, for a lot of parents um, and let's say, you know, mum has majority of the care and then they have their weekend or every fortnight weekend or whatever it is or week on, week off, and going to dad's place um, becomes, yeah, the, the fun house, the party house, the do whatever I want house, uh, and that might be because uh, he doesn't hasn't had a lot of um, experience with actually doing the parenting. Um, it might be because he's trying to win his kids over and like him more and be the favourite. Uh, it might be because he feels guilt. And please know that this can be in reverse. This can be the women doing it to the to the to the men, and obviously in same sex couples and all those things. But um, yeah, it's actually comes down to the that in this scenario we'll say it's the man um, down to their ego, um, and because it's that's doing that isn't actually loving the kids. It's it's coming from a self-serving place where they're trying to get their own needs met and their own agenda met. Uh, it's not actually teaching the kids how to follow rules or to have respect and integrity and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And it doesn't help bond, bond them because the kids actually learn that they can just get away with stuff. They don't go, oh, I, like, I love my dad more. What, what they end up doing is saying, oh, I actually really love my mum. This is an example. I really love my mum. I love my dad too, but I know my mum really loves me because she spends time with me or she talks about me or she does things for me, you know, like washing and, you know, all that, all that hardcore mumming stuff. And at dad's, um, you know, we have a great time, we kick the footy or we go to the movies or he buys me presents or we eat takeaway every second night. That they intuitively know that doesn't translate to love. And so it actually affects the way the kids bond and um, reflect on the on the relationship going forward. And I tell you what, my kids now, uh, they're 25 and 21, they're all over it. They, they and have been for quite some time. My younger one um, is, is sort of now getting to the place where she has had enough. There's not, there's not been a lot of contact and it's, yeah, oh, I just don't want to it's, share it's, it's, it's No, that's okay. Like, I'm going to jump, jump yeah. in there because we are running yeah. out of time. So that's, oh, yeah. that maybe maybe we should open an invitation to your daughters to come on if they feel no. like it. Sorry, no, sorry, I know they won't. Okay, no. <laughs> yeah, and I would, I just wouldn't do it to them. It's just not. Okay. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> it, 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 I, I just, I, I'm, I'm really inquisitive of how kids are, uh, deal with these types of things and and like look we will talk about this off air i think because it's it's one of those things where um there are so many tips and tools and and techniques to help a kid through uh a divorce or through mm. whether it's a divorce trauma. or whether it's just trauma in general yeah um and i think that that's a whole topic that we should maybe talk about absolutely um, another episode um i really like the way that this is flowing into further discussion mm. so yeah you know it's, it's, it, it's one of those things where like for me it's like well, i didn't know where today's episode would take us yeah. and it's it's taken us to a place where i think um it's it's only a progression of mm. another topic so um mm. look uh i i really want to continue this this conversation but absolutely um, and and definitely talk about motivation because i think that that's one of the biggest things um that yeah. we should should cover is because you've gone through all this all this your story has been one of 
uh, a game that that has to end sooner or later. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to guess that it has ended now. Pretty much. There's there's a little bit of a a, a leftover, but um, I'm managing that. So a bonus round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get one, get one free. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like steak knives. Buy one, get one free. Exactly. Uh, oh yes, steak knives. Oh, we, we won't like get... steak knives. <laughs> oh, well, at least I do. I love my steak. Uh, yeah. Um, um, look, go for it. Oh, look, I was just going to say, uh, you know, this this has been hellish. It's just about killed me. You know. It's no different to uh, a lot of people's stories of trials and tribulations and, you know, it might look different but it feels as you know, end up coming out the other end feeling like you've just been through, uh, you know, the, the ringer. Um, but it's what we do with it. It's how we apply ourselves, how we um, support ourselves, how we rescue ourselves uh, as to how things turn out within ourselves we can't necessarily control the environment so you know uh, what happened i'm i'm a divorcee damn my children have got a broken family damn did not want that to happen of course i didn't uh but it happened and i have to make the best of uh the situation and that's up to me and the way for me to do that is to be really well inside me, in my mind, in my body and in my spirit. And I'm still working on a few things. Um, it, this has taken an enormous toll on me physically, on my biochemistry, on my hormones, you know, the, the um, adrenal, cortisol, all that stuff. It's, it's uh, meant that I've had to be on medication. It's meant that I've then gained a lot of weight um which has been difficult to shift uh, i'm now in the you know perimenopause so just let's add, add that on top of things um it's you know it's an ongoing process but i'm in the best place i've ever been so far and it's just going to get better and better and better and now i'm able to start now that i've got my emotional uh and mental stability back I can now start working on the physical, which is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting hormones sorted out and vitamins and all those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, I'm getting my health back. And then I will be able to get my fitness back. You know, I, I was so fit and I've lost all of that. And that's been a really hard uh, journey in itself, uh, looking in the mirror, all those things. Um, but I've had to give myself permission to recover what was more important first and what, uh, what was more important for me, what, what my being was telling me that I needed and I needed to rest. I needed to sleep. I needed to do it, do it the way I did it. And, uh, now it's time for the next phase. So yay. Very exciting. And that is an exciting phase for you and yeah. going forward. Um, yeah. So, look, that is pretty much time That's it. for us. Yep. But I'll let you finish the show this time. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so I would like to let people know about my website. So indigo dash, so it's a hyphen, indigo-grace.com.au. And I'm just in the process of fixing up uh, some discounts for um, this, I call it pandemic pricing. Because we're self-isolating, because we're um, uh, some of us are on limited income or no income, I wanted to create an opportunity for people to use this time for their health and well-being uh, but be able to afford to do so and uh, obviously it's going to have to be online or by phone, which is completely fine. Um, so in the next day or two, check my website because I'm still in the midst of, of fixing it up. You can have a look, but it's not going to kind of, some things aren't going to kind of make sense because uh, I work on it myself and uh, it's taking a bit of time to get that right. 
But I just want people to know that, yeah, there's going to be some beautiful um, discounts available um, to use this time to to heal and recover and connect uh, in ways that maybe they haven't connected with themselves or with others before. So you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, send me a message. Ah, oh, and message in to the show or to me personally um, uh, questions. Uh, if anything from today or any of the past shows uh, prompts question, something that you'd like to discuss that's in relation to what we've been talking about uh, or even another topic that, you know, this it sort of takes us in another direction, that's fine. I'm here to answer questions and have a chat. Russ and I have a chat. Yeah. Look, it's been a very interesting show and uh, we want to thank uh, everyone that's watched and unfortunately no one's left a comment today so I don't have any comments that's for okay. you today. But maybe I, I, I was so informative they got all their answers. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> now I'm choking. Um, no, look, it's been a pleasure having you Zoom, uh, Google meeting in. I was nearly going to say Zooming in, uh, but Google meeting in. Um, yeah. So Thank you so very much. Thanks for having me. I love doing this show. It means a lot to me. Um, and I really hope that it's of benefit to others. And I look forward to connecting with more people and seeing you next week. Bye for now. Lots of love. <laughs>